0: hello everybody jordan here the ph is silent and in this episode of the saturday morning DD show we talk about a uh, wild mount and critical role and how uh the mammarcer and wizard of the coast made a really good book so it's out you should check it out uh thoughts on that and uh games that we're playing it's a lot of fun <laughs> Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and welcome to the Saturday morning D&D show. I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over at Sir Lucian Gaming. Uh, and before we begin, I'm I'm dropping lots and lots of frames, so if you are having a bad uh, experience here, connect, uh, and by here I mean on YouTube, connect to uh, <laughs> Lucian over there on Twitch and you can catch the exact same show. I'm going to keep streaming-ish, I guess, but uh, we'll, yeah, we'll, I don't know what's going on. So, yeah, I got just bad news bears all around. Um, but welcome. Uh, Lucian, how are you doing?
1: I am doing great. I am uh, hanging out and getting lots done. Um, so far, Twitch is being nice to me. With I did buy that new router me and you had talked about a couple of weeks ago, and that yeah. seems to have cleared up my my Twitch problems. But it's obvious that the internet might be getting used a little bit more than normal, so I wouldn't be surprised if many of us see some problems. So, hopefully we'll have a nice smooth show if not the technical we'll blame the internet for the technical problems if not.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I it's weird cuz like I haven't had this happen in a long time. Um yeah. but uh I don't know. I just keep watching <laughs> my frames drop and it's really bad. Um but uh welcome. Yes, we talk about all things Dungeons and Dragons here uh on the uh Saturday morning D&D show and uh, news and various other things in the world of D and D, and just kind of tabletop RPGs in general. And yeah. today, uh, we were going to talk about some. Uh, a little book came out. A little, little a little, one. little book called "Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount," uh, mm-hmm. and it is uh, the Critical Role. No, it's not Taldori, but it's the Critical Role source book for the other continent that campaign two is taking place on. Right. Right.
1: And the planet's called Exandria or something like that, I believe. Yes. Chat or the world is called us. Exandria.
0: Right. So uh, not not a big Critical Role fan. Really bad at <laughs> the fact that I don't know anything about Critical Role. Uh, and, but I, I did pick this up on D&D Beyond because I was curious, and I wanted uh, the new spells looked really cool and some of the new races and things like that. So I wanted to check mm-hmm. it out. Uh, a lot of reprints... Like, they kind of just took, oh, Air Genasi and they reprinted that. So so a lot of uh, – excuse me, my ear is itchy. But a lot of things that are uh, – that were released in other pack packages uh, just got reprinted here. And I always feel weird about that, but it makes sense because 5th uh, edition – Wizards of the Coast really wants 5th edition to be the PHB, like the player's handbook, plus something else. So mm-hmm. uh, they're not going to – They're, you know, like aside from mechanics, I guess, because there's a lot of stuff that's like this spell is found in Xanathar's Guide. But when it comes to races, they're they're really fine at reprinting stuff because, uh, like why not? I guess I don't know. Like it it helps you to be like, oh, I want to play a game of Critical Role. All I need is the Wild Mount Book and the Player's Handbook, and I can do that. So.
1: And Cyberwolf is our resident uh, critical role expert, so he can fact-check anything we, we say that's totally <laughs> off the wall. As he said there, Exandria is the planet, Taldori and Wildmont are the two continents that we know about. I don't know if there's any more that have been discussed. Um, and Skull Dixon even said they'll probably release a book for that first one. Well, actually, they did. You can buy a Taldori campaign book that was released not in conjunction with Wizards of the Coast... But it was one that Matt did put together, I'm thinking about two or three years ago at this point. So you can, if you want to, play on Taldori, or you can play on Exandria at this point. So or Wild mount. Just, Yeah. Or Wild mount. Yeah. So just a show of hands in chat, uh, how many of you have bought the physical book, or how many of you went to and got it through DD Beyond or electronics means, like you bought a PDF or something like that in some other way? So I'm just wondering how many people went out and got this physical book they're going to put it on their shelf so you guys can tell us about that in chat because me i'm thinking uh, our can our dungeon master bought it through um dd beyond which is really seems to be a way many of us are leaning because you're going to use it in the campaigns that you're playing because you're playing some campaigns online and it's great to be able to go in and make your character and all that stuff's there for you to use I wonder if that gets to be so popular that somehow we start losing the books. Like, is there ever a point
0: where we don't get printed
1: books anymore?
0: Um, That No, really good question. I was interested in this, and it was arguably cheaper on D&D Beyond for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And then with the content sharing that you can have with D&D Beyond... Uh, my Dungeon Master is able to share a bunch of the books that I don't have. I have most of them physically, but I don't have all of them digitally. But between the two of us, we have just about all of them digitally. And so, uh, not. and we don't even play online. And that's the thing of it is, like, we all have phones or laptops or tablets. And that is our preferred method of playing is to, like, sit down with those at the table and we open mm-hmm. our laptops, and then we have, and I don't know. It's just really nice to not have a bunch of eraser marks and and things like that. And so it's I I really like it. But uh, yeah. and then going back to what you're saying about Taldori, uh, I'm excited for this book because Matt said Matt Mercer said that uh, this one or the Taldori book. He was like I was very inexperienced. I I had the world, but I didn't really know how to lay out a book. And this time he has more experience. Andy had the editors of Wizards of the Coast to help him. So it mm-hmm. it is a more polished product, I think, is really cool. So yeah. Yeah.
1: I bought the Taaldory book in print. It's on my shelf. Um, I enjoyed going through it. I enjoyed reading through the world of it. I liked the history of it. I even did a one-shot in it at one point, which was really fun to tie into a main kind of historical moment that happened many, many, many years back, and that was kind of cool. Um and I've been reading through this one digitally wise. um, And I've, I've noticed too the artwork, there was a lot more artwork in the newer one, but that's just because I think when you're working with um, wizards of the coast, they like to fill their books with artwork. They have a lot of good artists, but there's a lot of good critter artists in this too. Mm -hmm. Um, And when, when me and Jordan say in the beginning, like, we're not fans of critical role. We are fans of critical role. We don't keep up with it enough to know all the minutiae of critical role is what we, so we know some of the characters and we, you know, we, we love how Matt plays the game and everything. We're fans of that. We're just, I can't keep up with, you know, where the current storyline is and what factions they're dealing with. Correct. I've heard Menagerie coast, but I don't know much about Menagerie coast, you know, like in that sense. But um, I, I think it's interesting. It's not the book I was hoping for this year. I'm happy that it's out there for a lot of people that love this book. I have been seeing lots of people playing campaigns in it. In fact, we'll hear more about somebody we know very close, maybe sitting in this show right now, could be playing in a campaign of Wildemount. Um, And I think there's been a lot of streams out there and I've seen a lot of videos supporting it. I know I saw Ted, our, our friend of the show, Ted was doing a bunch of videos on it and kind of diving into the book and dissecting it. And really cool. And what I like about this one, There was some of this in Tal'Dori a little bit, but you're right. This is a a more polished product, and it has more for players and DMs than the other one did. The other one really felt way more DM-centric, This one feels like they put enough stuff in that even players might want to pick this one up because you've got like three subclasses. Like you said, the spells, there's cool magic items, there's background stuff, there's races and stuff. So there's enough in there that a player could pick this up and really want to know about it and read about it and understand it's not just DM-centric like we get in some other books. So it's definitely, I think, a good balance. And a balance that we've been talking about, we want to see in D&D games. Like we want to see this in all the books they put out this type of balance
0: well just the um just for the maps alone i think it's amazing like there's there's a lot of maps here more so than i've seen with other other books Mm -hmm. um uh, or other campaign settings of which we have two but uh the the there's a lot of free maps of the forgotten realms running around because of older editions and the same with uh, uh eberron but um this had like I mean, you have the continent of Wild Mount, and then you could—I mean, I'm looking at it on D&D Beyond right here—and then you could zoom into the Menagerie Coast, and they've got all this stuff, and then cities and islands and and all signs. It was it was really good. I I think if you're gonna play a game, this book is valuable. I mean, just for the maps, mm-hmm. uh, but also it's got it's it's got some new mechanics and it's got some fun stuff like uh, mm-hmm. this hollow one. I thought was really interesting, um, where you. Uh, you're, you're basically undead, but you're, you're not in a way like, uh, like creatures see you as being undead, but you're, I don't know, you're not. And so uh, it looked like a fun way to, if, if a character does die uh, Mm -hmm. to bring them back in, in a, in a setting specific way and not just have them be resurrected or something like that. Like, I like the idea that it's like, well, my mission's not done yet. And so my Mm -hmm. body's going to continue on until it is done. And that was, yeah. was kind of cool. So I like that concept. Um, I liked going through and finding all of the uh, – because we have the same races. We have humans, halflings, dwarves, elves. But uh, that chapter specifically about all of the races, you could pick your specific race and then find uh, how, to, how do you fit in. And and this is goes with me because I'm playing a tiefling, and I'm like, well, I know how tieflings fit into – uh, the Forgotten Realms and and other worlds, uh, but how like what makes them unique in Matt's world, and and so it was just kind of fun to to read through that and to understand where you're coming from, I guess. So
1: yeah, and I haven't got through all of it, but I'll have to go back and look at the Taldori book compared to this one too, because in there there was he did talk about the other classes that he has made for his campaign world. So like um, the the original campaign had like a gunslinging kind of yeah. character in it, and they had like a blood hunter yeah. kind of thing that he had. I believe that's in the Taldori book. I don't know if they make mention of it. I'll have to look. I, I haven't read through the whole thing. It's it's been new for me so far, but I don't know if he's made mention of those in this new book
0: yet. Yeah, I don't. Have I, seen I haven't anywhere? read the whole thing. I've read most of it, um, mm-hmm. and I have not found mention of those. So I don't know if that's a Taldori thing. And know. the subclasses that we're getting in Mount are a Mount thing, which uh, makes sense because uh, I keep going yeah. back to the Forgotten Realms. Sorry, that's what I know. But <laughs> like the yeah. other realm of Zakara had uh, mages that dealt with like sand magic and stuff like that. That was like native to their area. So it kind of makes sense that. Um, so who knows? But I was surprised that the Blood Hunter wasn't in here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I was just really surprised. Yeah, but we he has get... been keeping up
1: with we... keeping that class going. Oh yeah, wow. yeah.
0: It's in D and D Beyond. Like you could play it. We have one in a in a game that yeah. I just started a couple a uh, couple days ago. Um, but you get the fighter Echo Knight and then two wizard subclasses of uh, like time magic and gravity magic, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's dunomancy spells and a bunch of other stuff. But and then uh, how to get your uh, your backgrounds to fit into the world and things like that. So. Um, I don't know it's it's really fleshed out and I know that he has uh like if I was if I was Matt Mercer I would be feeling a lot of pressure to uh make sure that my world was fleshed out because so many people are invested in it so it makes sense that he has every little minutia understood uh but it's it's kind of cool I mean this is kind of the dream for a lot of a lot of dungeon masters, a lot of like uh, RPG people is that like I've spent the last, um, you know, t- 15 years developing this world with my players to have mm-hmm. somebody else be like, can I take your world and run a game in it? Like that's, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And and now people can, and this is becoming part of uh, like wizards of the coast D and D canon, as opposed to just this side element. Like it's now, I don't know, like, it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. Well, they're going to, they're, uh, you know, if we have another convention uh, pending this virus, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking they're going to do, um, just like with the Magic the Gathering Worlds, they're going to teleport to Wildmount and have a game there and stuff, and maybe an yeah. Acquisitions game, Acquisitions Incorporated game in Wildmount It's kind of crazy, yeah. so.
1: And, and to tack onto that, Yes, there's lots of designers that have gone into this. You can't necessarily attribute one person to a single world, but in a lot of ways, we kind of do that. Where we'll say like, Greyhawk was really kind of Gary Gygax's campaign world that was fleshed out. Uh, Forgot Realms is Ed Greenwood's kind of campaign world fleshed out, made made whole. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, Eberron is um, I always forget his name when I'm trying Keith to Baker Baker's fleshed out world. Now we've got Wild Mount is matt mercer's fleshed out world we don't even have a fleshed out world for chris perkins has never got to do his own thing jeremy crawford dark sun i don't know who they would have attributed dark sun to but it might have been like monty cook or that group of creators that was that was happening during the planescape era that might have been those people um, I don't know if, I've never heard a name attached to them like the other ones have been attached to. Like they were their campaign world and then they yeah. were fleshed out into books so other people could play in them. Says uh, um,
0: Timothy Brown and Troy Denning.
1: Okay, see, names that we yeah. just don't don't pop up very often. So it's interesting, like I like this, but I really hope that Dungeons & Dragons lets Chris Perkins and um, Jeremy Crawford create a campaign setting that is... Their name attached to it. It is their campaign world that they have brought to life. Because I would love to see. I mean, they are very creative people. They've been with Dungeons and Dragons for a very long time. It would seem like you know they would. It would be awesome to give them that same chance that they've just given Matt. They've given you know Ed. They've given Gary. Just did it because he, he built the game. But you know, it'd be interesting to see what that world would be
0: like. Yeah, I, I, I've always wanted for them to take. Dragonborn and and tieflings and all of these races and all of these this magic and build a world around that as opposed to trying to fit dragonborn into the forgotten realms or into these other worlds and things like that Mm -hmm. and and I applaud Eberron for being like we don't have tieflings we don't (laughs) have dragonborn (laughs) like like Mm -hmm. just limiting like these races don't exist if you want to play one of them you can figure out a way. Uh, because there's lots of, like, weird underground magics from the world below that could uh, create such a creature, but then allow that creature to be unique. Like, there is one tiefling. There's not, you know, a, a, a race of them everywhere. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's uh, uh, Now I'm reading about Dark Sun, so I need to get out of this wiki. That's a, the, a yeah. hole I don't need to go down. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's really cool. Uh, I, I like this book so far a lot. Um, and we'll get into this later towards the end of our show, but uh, I got invited to play in a Wild Mount game. And if you follow me on Twitter, uh, it was last Saturday and I was tweeting and I'm just like, I have no idea where I am or what's happening. And like, there's just a city of the drow, but they're on the surface. And I'm like, what? And so uh, we we're running around having a good time. Um, but uh, I'm excited to play around with some of these new spells. I guess that'll be really yeah. cool. So,
1: well, and with new campaigns like this, it's always cool because sometimes they they flip the known things about a race around. Especially Eberron did it with halflings, and I thought it was the orcs are a little bit different here in Xandria, uh, yeah. or the, even Drow possibly are different than how they're handled in Forgotten Realms as far as what their stats are, what their culture is like, and all these other things. It, it could almost be like playing something very different, even though the word drow is the same in the two worlds. Mm-hmm. They could be very different types of things. So that gives you another option to to role play something different, something you haven't got to role play.
0: Before. Case in point, uh, something I really love about the Wild Mount book is uh, Matt's take on goblins. Um, so specifically, uh, when I read through this, uh goblins are uh the, the god bane had has worked his evil into the goblin race and so they have a curse upon them but mm-hmm. if you take a goblin as a as an infant and if you cast a uh, remove curse on it and it scores a high enough wisdom saving throw the curse of bane is removed from that goblin and they are not they are now not innately evil like it's the god that's destroying this race and so it's interesting because it's like well that's there you're not really evil but you, you know you're you're tied to this evil god for some reason but if we can separate that from you you could you could grow in your natural environment and then you're just you're a free person so they're really Mm -hmm. like enslaved to evil in this way and i thought that was really cool rather than uh nope all goblins are evil and they have an evil god and they blah blah, blah, you know and Mm things and in forgotten realms like orcs are evil and orcs have an evil god and things like that but you're right in eberron uh orcs are just misunderstood they're more in tune with nature they're not Mm -hmm. they're the druids of the world of eberron Um, right And, and yeah. And so I, I thought the goblins were really cool and that there's uh there's, there's a, a, uh, an area in, uh, Mm -hmm. goblin society. Oh yeah. The, the Luxon beacon. Um, and if you are a goblin kin born within a hundred miles of this beacon, um, you are, you are shielded from Bane's corruption. And so there's like a whole city of like, you know, not, not necessarily good, but not like bloodthirsty, evil goblin kin and, Mm-hmm. so, I that was really cool. Like, I like that a lot. Yeah. So it really allows you to play bugbears and cob goblins and goblins and stuff like that. Uh, i better, I guess, you know, more it's more interesting that to me. so yeah, mm-hmm. anyway, Very sorry, cool. I like that a lot.
1: Well, <laughs> if anybody out there is thinking, well, maybe it's something I want or maybe it's something uh, I'm interested in, but I don't know if I really want to spend the money, fear not because they just allowed you to play one of the free adventures from it because we're all kind of trapped at home. Yeah. And so you can go take a look at it. I believe it's on D and D beyond that lets you play through the adventure. And no, uh,
0: they teamed up with critical role.
1: Oh, so it's just so, on their website or where, No, where do you no. get it? So uh,
0: explorer's guide to wild Mount. Uh, the adventure is in the the book. Um, so if you get the book, you have the adventure in it, but uh, there's like uh four or five adventures in wild Mount. I want to say, yeah, four um, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's four. So one of them, uh, they teamed up with Roll Twenty, and uh, you can, uh, and you guys can Google this. I'm sure you'll find it. But uh, it's, uh, it's the Frozen Stick Adventure, um, and you get maps and you get a bunch of other stuff. It's a, a level one one shot, and they they're just giving it away for free. And that's ah, cool. that's a cool pub. I mean that's a cool publicity thing, but at the same time, uh, this is actually I, I believe they did that because everybody's trapped inside and Roll Twenty's like, hey, let's get some more people playing D and D online so that you know yeah. we're not spreading a virus around and blah blah blah.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so uh, head over to Roll Twenty and you can uh, check out at least this adventure and see if you're interested in the world of uh, Wild Mount. So yeah, yeah,
1: very cool. And that could maybe if you like it enough, that might be the the reason you go and buy the book or if it's just okay and you're like okay that's no big deal save your money and maybe you'll buy out the next book which is what my favorite one we're coming to that is the (laughs) one i'm excited for but um so that was about i mean i'm still reading through it i think it's interesting i'll probably be watching some of the online um games being played in it we'll hear about your campaign throughout the next few weeks is your campaign maybe we'll jump ahead just for a second. Is yours a now. long campaign? Do you, think, do you guys have a
0: time limit on yours? Um, at this point? You know, we don't have a time limit. So I so think it just it's, I think it's it. just kind of, yeah, we'll go tell. And it's, it's a custom game. We're not playing the one shots. Uh, he's, he's making a custom game. Um, and this was the first time that uh, I actually had a DM do this. So uh, Nathan, my DM, wrote down like four or five uh, jumping off points. And I think Matt Mercer, blah, 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 my words. I think Matt Mercer has talked about this. Or Matt Colville. Sorry, Matt Colville, Colville has talked about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you're like, write down things that you're excited about and then ha- and then pitch it and then have the players come back and be like, I really want to play this. So we had one that was like, we were going to do a bunch of dwarf centric stuff underground And then we had one that was going to be like a murder mystery. And then we had one that was like a political intrigue. And for every one he wrote down, he's like, this one would have like high combat. So like high tactics. And like medium role playing and blah, blah, blah. And then this one would have high role playing, but like the tactics would be like, I don't know, we'd have a fight every so often, but like more you're exploring the world and, and uncovering mysteries and solving puzzles. Um, and that was really fun. So we all gave our input about what kind of game we wanted to play. And then mm-hmm. we got to pick which one we wanted and we voted. And and so we, we were playing the one that we're currently playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that was really fun. So
1: but no time limit.
0: So. There, yeah, no time limit. Uh, we started at level three, which I'm thankful for because I'm like, uh, level one is just so, so, well, I'll get into that a little bit later too, but I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh, level one is hard because uh, I'm just like, I want uh, things to do and I don't have abilities yet. It's real <laughs> tough. Um, so we're level three. I'm a tiefling conjuration wizard. Uh, and I don't think I, did I tell you about this as well? Um, Hero Forge, uh Nathan's friend my DM Nathan has a uh, uh, access to a 3D printer. And Ooh, so nice. he said make your make your character on Hero Forge and we'll buy the the print and then my friend will print it and he's like I'll paint it and we'll have custom minis for this campaign. And oh, so now it's it's awesome but like <laughs> think about when your character dies. I'm just Yo, like yeah. I'm so invested in my wizard now that I'm like, he can't die. Like I know, yeah. like I need him to live because I'm just like, I've got this cool mini and I've got this other mm-hmm. stuff. So apparently the minis are done. We didn't have them last week cause they were still printing, but uh, he's been viciously painting them. Cause he's a big, uh, he's into miniature painting. And so yeah uh, that
1: hero yeah. forge stuff is really cool. They're kickstarted really cool. To do colored plastic hero yeah. forge, uh professionally painted stuff. Yep. And they're getting to the point where you can just about make any type of character you want that represents the character yeah. you're playing. Game. that's such a cool thing that they're doing it's really really cool you buy a printing thing so you can do it yourself
0: yeah yeah you can buy the file and then print it yourself so yeah. uh but it's the the one thing and and hero forge if you're listening i want to talk to you about familiars <laughs> so they had a, a wide array of familiars that you could add to the base of your of your mini so like mm-hmm. oh i've got like a cat or i've got this but uh the witch plus craft book came in my Kickstarter. It arrived in my house from a Kickstarter. And in that book, it has alternate familiars. And one of the familiars is a piggy bank. And Mm -hmm. you literally can, uh, like, if you put a pile of coins down, the piggy bank will run up and eat them. And it can store, like, 500 coins in its belly. Uh, And when you dismiss your familiar, those coins are stored in the extra-dimensional space. So I really wanted to use that. And my DM said I could as a familiar. And I'm very excited because I made my character kind of greedy. And he's always like, like, he's just kind of looking at the angle of like, but how do I profit from this? And that's going to be my motivation going forward with my character. Uh, And I think it ties into having this silly little piggy bank. Um, But Hero Forge, you didn't have a pig. I wanted a pig familiar so bad. So I had to go with like a little treasure chest or something at my feet instead of a pig, but I was really sad. So I might have to go buy a little pig familiar, uh, separately yeah and there's gonna be it, like, like somebody
1: around. is 3d printed a, a little pig yeah figure. <laughs> sure,
0: sure. <laughs> but uh yeah i really like that i have this fun little piggy bank that can spit coins at enemies for one bludgeoning damage so that's really exciting yeah
1: very uh, cool well back to the news before we jump news. too far ahead Sorry. on jordan's <laughs> game playing he's excited about it he's been talking about it a lot um, I did notice that there was a expansion to dungeon mayhem and I've been seeing a lot of people play it because if you're stuck at home and you've got your kids, you got your family sitting there, you know, maybe your mother-in-law or <laughs> maybe even your mom or dad are there and you just want to sit and play around at the table with the kids. Dungeon mayhem has been one of those things that people have been kind of going to and they have a uh, expansion for it, monster madness, so that you can play some of the monsters. And, and did you see some of the things you could play?
0: Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I was, actually. There's that, like, uh, yeah. Uh, a Beholder, and a Mind Flare, and a Gelatinous yeah, read Cube. Read the names, though. Yeah, read yeah. Read the names. That's so, a good thing. So, Dr. tentacolis and <laughs> yes. uh, Blorp, the Gelatinous Cube, Blorp. and uh, Mimi Leche, which is yep. a Mimic Chair. Yep. So, Lord Cinderpuff, which is a uh, dragon, so that's fun. Yeah, yeah it's really cool. Uh, I have not played this really... game, but it is... It's D and D themed, so it's kind of fun yes. to play with the monsters you're familiar with and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, good artwork
1: on the cards. Yeah. Definitely very family centric. You can play it with even younger kids. Uh, my dungeon master has several children that he they love playing it, and they love this new monster thing because apparently his kids like the monsters more than they like the heroes. That's so, that's so they're, they're all about that. them. Like his his daughter is like in love with beholders, so they have beholder stuff animals and oh, they cute. Have, you know, all kinds of stuff. So she loves that. And so he was always talking about it. So I thought that's a cool thing. So if you see it out there, you're looking for a fun D&D themed card game. Um, you can check that out, either the expansion of Dungeon Mayhem, which is fun or Monsters Madness is the, is the part to it. That was kind of cool. Um, for those of you, it came out probably last week and we didn't talk about it and put it on our show notes. I forgot it, but the Dragon Plus issue number 30 is out. And there's a lot of good stuff in this issue um this time around there there's definitely a lot of stuff that talks about wild mount but there's also some because we're in the year of the rat they did a lot of deep dive stuff on rat adventures or rats over the time of dungeons and dragons and different types of rats and things like that and then um they they have lots of good artwork in there there's lots of good free maps in there there's a free um adventure in there so if you haven't checked out Dragon Plus magazine, definitely go out and do that. Bart Carroll does a really good job bringing that together because we used to have Dragon as a magazine, and and it was something that really helped supplement games back in the '80s and '90s. But kind of print magazines went away. Mm-hmm. Where get the digital version of that is really the thing keeping it going, like zines or you know digital versions of magazines um, is a good way to just introduce more elements to your. Mm-hmm game and there was um there's an article in there about they asked an artist to kind of refresh some of the drawings from the fiend folio and i love the fiend folio the fiend folio book is what got me into dungeons and dragons nice (laughs) and i saw that artwork i was just like i'm i love this stuff I, i love it so much and uh there he did some redrawings of them and they look so good and And he's like, I'm so surprised that some of these haven't already been remastered or re not even mastered because the old artwork was really evocative, but nobody's reprinted them in future books, you know, like these cool things. And he's like, so I got a chance to do a Blytheim or something, you know, something really cool. Um, So I just thought that was really good. Check that that uh, Dragon Plus magazine issue number 30 is out. You can check that out. So we also I wanted to put in our show notes because we keep forgetting number one, the name of the book that we I want, but Mythic Odysseys of Theros, which we kept, we just knew it was Theros, we couldn't remember. Yeah, we just that.
0: kept saying Theros, I guess, yeah. June
1: sorry. 2nd release, let's put that on our calendars, June 2nd, so we've got um, at least a couple months yet before we get to it, but it is the Greek inspired expansion of uh, Magic the Gathering, it has something sub- fantastic artwork that i've already seen with it mm-hmm. um we're going to get two new subclasses for sure and i'm sure they're going to tell us more about what we're going to get with this as we get closer and closer the to Seder the Seder
0: race um lots yeah. of lots of yeah uh, greek mythology-esque stuff so
1: so really yeah. good stuff i'm really excited yeah. for it i feel like this if you're a big Dragonlance fan you could lean into this world if there's some Dragonlance like stuff to it adjacent to it but also classical myth adjacent. So if you want to do Odyssey, Jason, the Odyssey, you want to, you know, you want to do um, Clash of the Titans yeah. style game. You want to do those kinds of things. I think this would be a really good book. I can't wait to see it. I loved Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica. So I'll be very interested in Mythic Odysseys of Theros and see how it works. Um, mm-hmm. I tried to look up Baldur's Gate 3 release date. It has not been announced yet, but it, it's supposed to go to early access sometime in 2020. Yeah. So if it doesn't get pushed, which we know video games can, and that has happened, we hopefully will be seeing early access on Steam sometime later this year. But we'll see how that goes. Because all of the trailers I've seen in all the gameplay videos, it's something that I'm really interested in trying to get for us to play. I think it'd be cool co-op. It's very Divinity, uh, Original Sin kind of Mm -hmm. isometric, top-down, turn-based Baldur's Gate game, you know, like <laughs> stuff that we all we all know and understand from playing early flayers. computer games. Yeah, mind flayers. I love my, this. Is mm-hmm. The best bad guy ever, mind flayers. I love them. Then another one I didn't even know about, um, I just happened to see this, it was called, it's by Dice Masters, and it's called Trouble in Waterdeep, and it's called a dice building game. Now, I I know card building games, me and you got to play mm-hmm. at Gen Con, we played the the Marvel card building game. We had this really fun time sitting at the hotel with Cyberwolf and Greybeard and me and you, and we were playing, you know, this cool kind of card build, deck building game where... Mm-hmm. As you go through, you keep adding cards to your deck, you make it more powerful, and you're fighting villains and really cool stuff. I hadn't even realized there was a dice-building style of game out there, and you could even play a Dungeons & Dragons dice-style game. So I'm interested in seeing this. This might be one of those I try to find when I go to Gen Con. I'm hoping it's still on. I'm hoping we're all going. I'm hoping that's happening. It might go on my list of something to find out in the Gen Con show floor to see if I can pick up a copy of this dice building game. Maybe, hopefully, they'll so, be there. That
0: I can find uh, if it's the game I'm thinking of, uh, I've, I tried the Marvel version, and uh, there's like a base game you can buy. But the idea is that you get uh, uh, sealed packages, kind of like Magic the Gathering boosters. Mm. And so you buy that, and you're like, oh, sweet, I got a Venom, or oh, I got this, you know, I got a Spider Man. And then it comes with dice. And then uh, you you kind of like roll those dice or or plot them along your uh, your card somehow. I, I literally played it once and I don't super remember it. But no. looking at these photos, it's exactly the same game, but with a and D theme on top of it. So, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's what it looked like to me. Like it wasn't built for D D. It looks like it's definitely a a skin being put over it but it was i thought it was interesting it was a style of game i hadn't played mm-hmm. it was a dice building game it sounded yeah. kind of cool so it's, it's something i definitely thought i would look into and they did mention it in um the dragon magazine too if you want to see all the the new products that are released and coming out they go through each and every one of them in dragon plus magazine so far so we haven't seen mm-hmm. anything um, announced yet that, oh that like, gold
0: edition of eberron rising from the last war from beetle and Grimm. yeah they show that in uh uh the the um issue 30 here of the of the magazine and man there's just like some cool stuff but two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> <laughs> for that special edition
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you, you gotta put some money down for beetle and Grimm, that's there for sure. A, <laughs>
0: there was there was a another podcast I listened to they were doing an unboxing of it and uh on their YouTube channel. It, it looked really cool, but I was yeah, like, yeah, it's cool. just real expensive.
1: But that is about it for news. I think after this week and maybe another week of them pushing wild mount, they'll get into full gear of for the next month or so pushing Theros. Um, and then probably within a month or two, we'll start to get hints of what's coming after that. I mm-hmm. assume something's coming after that. Um, we've had two campaign books now. So I'm expecting either a new collection of monsters, monster manual of some sort, um, or a more like a Xanathar's Guide kind of book coming where it's just a bunch of classes, rule expansions and stuff. Because it feels like if we've got two campaign books, it's time to, to shake that up and give us something a little bit different than go back to maybe some more campaign books. Or yeah. Advent. So I don't know. We don't know for sure, but that's that's where I'm leaning. Yeah. Uh, any other news before we jump over to our um, barbecue?
0: Sp- no, I don't think so. It was just, I mean, Wild Mounts out. Uh, also, actually, we should talk about this. Uh, the, let me go back to it so that I know what I'm talking about. Oh, Forgotten Realms, mm-hmm. L'oreal Silverhand Explorers Kit, um, mm-hmm. that came out in conjunction with uh, Wild Mount, and it's all it's dice, uh, which is fine. Um, but we were kind of thinking this was being tied to a book of some sort, but I, I mean, it's out. You can buy this. Uh, it looks real pretty. It comes with a nice map of the Sword Coast. And I don't. Did you get the Baldur's Gate dice? I didn't. I'm thinking about getting these
1: ones, though. Yeah, I am has thinking about getting a sided too.
0: map of the coast and Waterdeep, yeah. which I'm in an adventure in. Okay, yeah. So that would be really good for you. Um, but it has uh, these. So. The Baldur's Gate descent into Avernus dice came with these uh cards yeah. underneath the dice box that had little bits of lore about the various demons of the of the nine hells or of Avernus specifically and things like that. And it was really cool. And so you got these little like flash cards of lore. And Mm -hmm. this is uh, very similar, only it's about the Sword Coast. So you have little flashcards of like Neverwinter and Icewind Dale and Waterdeep and Baldur's Gate and blah, blah, blah. And and various people there like uh, Silverhand herself. Um, Mm -hmm. And the dice are blue and beautiful. And the box they come in is also a rolling tray. Felt lined. uh, Felt lined. Really cool stuff. So, Mm -hmm. again, we were a lot of us were thinking like, oh, well, this is going to be matched with a book that's going to have all those subclasses in it. And maybe it still will be, but it, it's really weird to release this just out of nowhere. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I, it, 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 you know, this doesn't tie into, like, why not make a wild mount critical roll set of dice to go in mm-hmm. tandem with the wild mount book? You know, so it was weird that we're getting a, like a Forgotten realm And here's a little Forgotten Realms extra. So uh, I was I was really expecting another book to be announced before this was released, but it was released. So it's out there. Mm-hmm. You can pick it up.
1: I suppose it's still possible they tie a book to it, before, maybe. even though the dice set is out. So maybe we are going to get a book with her name on it that is a, like a Xanathar's Guide kind of book, but her
0: kind of guidebook or her... You know, That's what I was wondering if it's going to be, yeah, her, her yeah. guide to whatever, so I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll still get it. Um, I expect we're going to get one this year of some sort, some type of Xanather guide-esque book of some sort. I, I can't imagine that we'd go 2020 without one with all the UA articles that are out and... The way they've been going so i'm excited to see i can't wait till they drop some hints we haven't got a lot of spoiler and swag um shows that seem to have died off towards the end of the year and the startup of this year we've gotten barely any DD news but i know greg tito got sick after he got back from like a new york toy comic toy con or something and he's been working from home for the last three weeks and he just finally did a new D D news from his house um but it feels like we've not been getting a ton of new information out of them so far this year, but it could just be circumstance. It could just be the way things have shaken out that, you know, maybe it'll all pick up here again soon. Cause I don't know, D D live, maybe they're in a big canceling of D D live before it even gets going. It hasn't yeah. even been announced. Um, people were really looking forward to going to an event like that. Again, we've had two really good ones that people have been able to go to and have a lot of fun at, but now, we haven't heard anything yet this year on it or is it just later in the year and it hasn't come time to, to start advertising that kind of stuff yet um we know lots of conventions are canceled everybody's moving to I've, even in our discord people were mentioning gary con going to a, a virtual con yeah. or those kinds of things so we'll have to see what's going on with with that kind of thing
0: uh yeah and i i, I think we just need to wait it out and and maybe hit reset on 2020 and we'll come back in 2021 with lots of cool stuff to do so who knows hey
1: thanks 20 sides to every story is now hosting us thank you that's awesome thank you (laughs) that's a cool name i like that (laughs) so that brings us to my favorite part of the show or at least most of the time bardic inspiration one of these times i'll run the thing yeah we'll have a little tune (laughs) any musically able people out there that want to create a tune for that let us know um but bardic inspiration is this little slot i like to throw in where we throw out a, a very a, almost like a one sentence pitch or a one sentence idea to maybe kick off a campaign or maybe some adventures or or maybe some rule change ideas to just give the dungeon masters and the game masters out there something to think about and say oh you know what i might try something like that mm-hmm. so I went with this isn't this is an oldie but a goodie. This is maybe showing my age. I don't know how many of you probably have seen this movie. Maybe you've just heard of it, <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Do you remember this old movie, Jordan? You ever watch this old
0: movie? Um, I'm trying to. I don't. I I get this and Pod People confused. It's, it's, I've seen it is Pod basically, People, yeah, <laughs> but I don't think I've seen this one. So.
1: Yeah, yeah, so, the, so the, the premise is there's something taking people over, and my idea was could we run an Invasion of the Body Snatchers campaign to see if your players could root out the cause of what's going on and then somehow fix it if they could, or what do they do? Do they run away from it, or or do they, do they get consumed? Um, and I also think this would be really cool if you had a player or two in mind that you knew was going to get infected but was willing to play along with you like was willing to really ramp up the tension and, mm-hmm. and play the part of being somebody who's been taken over almost like some people have done a doppelganger kind of, um, centric campaign where somebody has been placed, but a body snatcher was this idea that these pods would grow outside your house. They would take you <laughs> over, you would disappear, you're mm-hmm. dead or be killed or whatever. And they, they knew your memories or at least some of them and they, they could mimic your life and they would try to, to take over your life but they also could communicate with each other and they were slowly taking over the whole world or at least the whole city. So my idea was, could we do a uh, invasion of the body snatchers campaign? Mm -hmm. I think what you would do is you'd pick a cool locale. You'd have your players come upon it and you would have somebody that they would recognize and they would work with quite often, maybe for two or three adventures. But then after the fourth or fifth adventure, that person starts acting very strange to give them this idea of, wait a minute, something's going on here. And that starts leading them down the road of, wait a minute, this town we're in is slowly being consumed by body snatchers or doppelgangers or whatever you want to do and, and just run the campaign from there. I think that'd be a really fun way to, um, to try to mess with your characters a little bit, mess with the NPCs and a real mystery, real, try to keep the um, even like remember. John Carpenter's The Thing was yeah. really that way. The alien came in and mimicked somebody else, and it tried to stay within until it could get to a bigger um, population. Uh, yeah, population to then really go. And they had to try to figure out who's who's not the right person, right? So I think that that was my idea. I thought that would be a fun campaign idea for somebody to try. <laughs> if anybody tries that, let us know. Or if you've done a campaign like that, definitely let us know in the in the comments or even in chat here. But what about Jordan's part of inspiration? What happened this week? or in the past couple of days that you thought, you know what? I could make a campaign out of that, or this could be something interesting.
0: (laughs) Well, I like, I want to say, I like the idea of what you were saying and that uh, you were almost saying, or correct me if I'm wrong, that you could have somebody in on it. Like you are the thing, but I, I want to play it more. Like you have five players. One of you is the thing, but you don't even know which one. And so everyone, everyone is fighting to keep themselves um, alive because whether they whether they are the thing or not they want to do that and so like if if you were replaced by a doppelganger you still are going to behave like your character and then mm. Uh, maybe through some random happenstance, it comes out that it's like, oh, no, Billy, you were the thing. And he's like, ah. And it reminds me of uh, my favorite board game, Betrayal, House on the Hill, where everyone's working together until the haunt happens. And then one person becomes the villain. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this guy is now a werewolf or something like that. And then it's all four of them against that person. And I've always wanted to do a and d game kind of like that as well. So. Yeah, uh, yeah. So good idea. Um, I I had a couple of ideas for Bardic Inspiration. Uh, uh, one of them was we were just talking some friends about uh, playing yourself. Like we always build mm-hmm. up these characters in D anD D, but what if you statted your physical body as a level one whatever, Eighth and then strength. yeah something, and like be be honest with yourself, you know, <laughs> and then. The whole game is that you have been magically teleported into this fantasy world. So now fantasy physics apply, but you're still just like, I don't got any muscle or like, I'm not super smart or, and then what class no would you classes. level up on? Yeah, yeah, like, no, yeah uh, you ha- you don't have a class, but now that you're in this fantasy world, you start, you know, I do. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Jordan, I have the night class already hands down. Oh, there you go. And I've sent you a video that proves it.
0: (laughs) That's my point. So you do these recreations of medieval fights. You could then leverage that knowledge in your game. Uh, Or if uh, you were a chemist and you knew how to build gunpowder in real life, you could introduce Mm -hmm. gunpowder into... This fantasy world and and build guns like how would you how would you use your knowledge of physics and modern day things electricity even mm-hmm. to help you win fights and I kind of liked that idea so yeah. that was that was my bardic inspiration I like the idea of uh, playing yourself I had a couple friends do this with a White Wolf game mm-hmm. a while back where they statted themselves out and then the whole game was played in our town uh, during a zombie apocalypse. And it's like, nice. what would you do during a zombie apocalypse as you? You're, mm-hmm. you're just you. And so uh, kind of a fun idea. And I don't know if you could translate it as easily into D&D, but it, it could be fun. So.
1: But it is kind of the fantasy dream, right? It's the idea yeah. that there there's the two main storylines that you get with role-playing games. And it's <laughs>
0: like
1: players are playing around a table of role-playing games, and they themselves get sucked into the world through some craziness. Yeah. And now they're in their world as their characters. Mm-hmm. And they're in this world, but they still have their own mind and they still remember all Mm -hmm. the other stuff. Or it's the other one where they just they themselves have been sucked in and they they don't have any of their special abilities. But now they're in this world that they're so vested into. And those are really fun stories. I mean, I read lots of books that have that kind of storyline into it. Um, The modern day version of that is players that get into the virtual reality uh, MMOs yeah. are playing it, but then they somehow get sucked into the MMO world and how mm-hmm. they're there and they have to find a way out type thing. That's just like a, such a common lovable trope. I don't say trope <laughs> in a bad way, like in a great way that this is that little fantasy that we all wish would happen to us. Like, secretly in the back of my head mm-hmm. i can't wait till like i go through that roller coaster and the D cartoon and i pop out and i'm in forgotten realms mm-hmm. oh, come on this is- <laughs> super fun <laughs> yeah so that's really cool and i like that one a lot that mean hey if any of you are out there running a campaign like that let us know in the comments tell us how it's going tell us how your players are reacting to it or if you have your own little bardic inspiration about a cool idea for your campaign or just for anybody to use, go ahead and put those out there too. Cause we like to share that kind yeah, of stuff for sure. Very cool. So let's get into Jordan's games because we already started with a little bit of your wild mount, but let's jump in. Let's, let's give you a chance to really go and tell us about, Oh man.
0: So, yeah. So uh, I'm playing, I'm playing a wild mount game. Um, the people there, there are some old players that I play with and some new players, but, I will say, the I think there's only two of us, me and this other guy, who know nothing of the world of Wildemount. Uh We don't really listen to Critical Role, uh, but we're fans of D&D. Um, and uh, I have not played a lot, but I've also never gotten a chance to play a wizard. So when everyone was asking, like, well, what do you want to play? What do you want to do? I kind of threw out that I'm like, you know, I'd like to kind of play a wizard because I've never gotten to play one. And they mm-hmm. were like, oh, well, we don't have a wizard yet. We all want to play this. So that's like the perfect choice. I think that'll balance the team great. And I'm like, oh, this is wonderful. So uh, I, I specifically like Conjuration Wizards. And I chose Tiefling um, kind of on, uh, oh, because I wanted to be greedy. Uh, I'm going back to the piggy bank thing. I wanted to have this piggy bank familiar. And uh, the Tieflings of Mammon, which is one of the uh, Lords of Hell, um mm-hmm. one of the seven layers he's all about um greed and so being a tiefling of that guy i got access to mage hand so i can like steal things from afar i get access to tensor's floating disc as a racial ability and nice. i get access to arcane lock as a racial ability so i liked all of these where i could kind of like oh no like i have to do this or i have to like move this quickly with my tensor's disc and stuff like that so so they're all fun spells that are not in they're not in uh they're charisma based, but they're not like offensive spells that, if I have a low charisma, it doesn't really help me so that was kind of the idea of that and I like having characters that have these interesting things. I'm a failed merchant is the idea, so I tried to sell a bunch of stuff, maybe I tried to sell things that were uh, uh, not legit and tr- at a higher price or something but like ooh. so now I'm going to try this big ad- Jordans yeah, fake- jeans exactly <laughs> so now I'm going to try this adventuring thing because there could be more money in that but everything's kind of about money and I re- I'm really enjoying it uh, our first our first session was really just a, you meet in a tavern and our DM was even just like, I'm sorry, it's cliche. It just makes the best sense. Go with me and we'll have fun. And we're like, we're 100% okay with this. So mm-hmm. we we had a lot of fun there. Uh, we ended up chasing, a, or a goblin chef got killed. And we ended up chasing the drow to figure out who killed him. And because uh, it was a, there was a drow running down the streets or something. So we're currently in the sewers of uh, this, this uh, city called, oh, I brought it up because Lucian was going to, Test me, uh, mm-hmm. Rosona. The the Gordranus. Um, we're mm-hmm. in this like uh, monster city of dark elves and uh, running around. But I'm having a lot of fun. It's it's refreshing to play with new people again too. Like you're just like mm-hmm. oh yeah, you have a different way of role playing than other people, and so that's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, so really excited about that. We're playing that tonight. Um, might be online. We might meet in real life again, depending on how everybody feels symptom wise uh so this, the, the virus has not third level. yeah we started at third level yeah yeah uh, right. so that'll be cool uh rod of seven parts is really fun uh that is my wednesday game that i am live streaming that you guys can watch on nerd immersion's channel if you want uh also the podcast is on my patreon which you could be a subscriber for a little as a dollar a month and uh we're having a lot of fun so that's episode 4 i believe so far that we've had um and players are just keeping me on my toes. Like, I'm always like, oh, yeah, I think you'll do this, and I think you'll do that. And they are like, well, we should probably do this. And I'm like, okay. And uh, it's a lot of improv on my my side, but I'm having a lot of fun with it. And it's really fun that players are so uh, invested. And in some of the best role play I've had in a game personally. Because these guys mm-hmm. just want to talk to each other in character. And they they created... Backstories that they knew each other from previous missions and things like that. So uh, we're having so much fun. Currently, they are mm-hmm. in the Underdark, uh, and they've uncovered an abolith in a slime cocoon with a mind-controlled Drow mage looking for more segments of this, uh, this rod of seven parts. Um, should be really, really fun. Uh, right. Yeah. And then my last thing is uh, we have a brand new dungeon master who wanted to try a new game and he had a concept from a supplement that uh, is out on the DM's guild called the Weird and Wild. And that's weird, W R W Y R D, Weird and Wild. And this supplement is about playing kind of a a really harsh survival game in like a, a creepy, dark, magical forest. And so he wants to do low magic... And uh, just, like, how do you survive in these woods? Um, So we started out at level one. And this was a a game that we usually play at our friend's house. But uh, we decided to try it over Google Hangouts, which worked out really well. And it was a lot of fun. Um, And I decided to play a fallen Azamar fighter. Uh, and I, uh, I, seven, my Warforge was a fighter, but I was like, I don't know. There's lots of different flavors of fighters. I guess I'll play a fighter. Uh, and I died really quick, uh, because I got cocky and I decided to go fight a bunch of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but the, as we died, uh, we ended up, we died outside of this village and we ended up waking up in the, in the village on some like medical beds and this, uh, wizard, or mad scientist or something said he would give us a uh, uh life new like he would revive us uh but we had to sign a magical contract to kind of be his errand boy we don't, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the whole game. We're not really sure where it's going. So even yeah. though I failed all of my death saving throws uh, and died, I got this blood transfusion, and so we'll see how that works into the story. But yeah, true, true uh, death isn't
1: true death. Yeah, yeah, it's only mostly death. It's mostly. Dead.
0: <laughs> uh, but I, I was like, I guess I'll roll a new character. I don't know. So, yeah. uh, and those are my games. Really excited. Uh, been playing lots of D and D with uh, Rod of Seven Parts giving me or keeping me energize if you guys are interested in rod of seven parts uh dungeon prep i do that tomorrow morning pending my internet working on youtube uh at uh, 9 a.m pacific and i will uh you can hang out with me on uh the jordan with a ph channel and mm-hmm. uh we'll we'll craft the next section of of rod of seven parts it's gonna be a lot of fun so very pollution cool. what are you doing in games yeah. how, how are you holding up
1: so we're playing two campaigns in one if you've been keeping track we're playing uh Waterdeep deep dragon heist at the exact same time we're doing an act inc campaign that we've slammed them together so we are our uh we have an inn that is called the Goodnight inn is I what we like called it <laughs> and uh our people are really getting into that aspect of it but we're also playing the, the water deep dragon heist we're playing i forget what season we're playing of it it is a different season that i've seen played before which is cool because i did watch adam coble's version of it um which was really cool and so we're getting to play that and i'm playing a halfling a soon-to-be cavalier we're only second level we'll probably make third level after this next session um these are being streamed on Animal dm's channel and it's a really fun adventure we've got a really good group we've got a really weird eclectic group of misfits that um (laughs) They're a bunch of nerdy wells and my cavalier is the is the goody two shoe kind of person, mm-hmm. but he's also the really angry Joe Pesci kind of character too. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like, the, are, you, are you making fun of me? <laughs> you know, like that, that whole thing. Are you talking to and, me? <laughs> yeah, he's he's ready to go off as a halfling. He doesn't take any crap from anybody, and I've already started fights all over the place with anybody making halfling jokes, and it's been really fun to play this really in your face kind of character. And I'm just throwing this character. Just at anything that happens, I just throw him out there thinking, if he dies, I'll just roll another character. It'll be fun. But I'm playing him to the hill. Like, he is full bore on, no fear whatsoever kind of character. Nice. And it's kind of fun to play something like that. Oh, yeah. Yes, yeah, cool. I'll let the party figure out all the intricate tactics and details. I just throw myself headlong into whatever's going <laughs> on. <laughs> so it's a very fun way to play. Um, oh, and I am. I'm, a lot of people were talking about it in chat. I'm wearing the shirt of the last Kickstarter I uh, did with Monty Cook, which was the best game ever. But the tallest Kickstarter just ended yesterday or like last night. And so it is fully funded. Yeah. All kinds of stretch goals have happened. I'm getting the hardcover book of Tolis for 5e, which is going to be a great mega city to run a campaign in. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely will run a campaign in it. Um, although I don't know how long it's going to take me to read this thing. Cause this book is like, it was like a five yeah. or 600 page book. It was like on par with the Pathfinder player's handbook yeah. guide or whatever. That <laughs> was just like a, a mega book. But I also got, I backed at the level that was the PDF for the cipher system. Oh, cool. Version of it. So I could play it as either Cypher System, which is a fantastic role playing set of rules and Mm -hmm. is really fun to play. Um, Also, versus, or I could, I'm going to have the full physical book in the 5e version, which is going to be great. I'm definitely going to run it. So that is just,
0: I, it was, it was a little too rich for my blood. I was really excited for it, but I was like, oh, to get the physical book, you had to spend a little bit more than I was anticipating. So I think when it does come out, I'm going to pick up the, the PDF yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. But because uh, it looks really cool. Like it just, mm-hmm. yeah. And Money Cook is obviously a fantastic. Yeah, I love uh, it. So
1: designer. our campaign's going great. It's just starting out. It's the only thing I've been doing for the week um, with my new job. I have, and I've said this a couple of times, so I'm probably boring a few of you, is that I'm trying to learn a brand new comprehensive software. So it fills my brain and it's very hard for me to then pick up another book where I'm going to fill my brain with role-playing rules or things also I need to remember because I'm trying to get all ramped up for this new thing I'm doing. So I've I've kind of slowed my schedule down for the moment, but I am itching to run Something. So I'm thinking next week I'm going to try to grab some players. I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that want to play something. And even, even if it's just a one shot to get back into it, to get back going, um, I want to play. I want to do something. I might try something like that, or I might just do you know a quick webinar session, mm-hmm. dust off those characters a little bit, let them run around and do some stuff, and see where we're at with that. Or maybe try something else. I mean, I've got all these books here all these role-playing yeah. games that I could be playing. Um, and I really should be, there's so many good ones. Yeah. And I've got the aliens got... book right here.
0: And I've, I got, uh, another, I've got, I've got some, uh, Amazon money that I've been wanting to. And I'm mm-hmm. like, should I get another, another, <laughs> um, <laughs> role-playing book that I I love love have time to play, but (laughs) yeah,
1: I love reading through role-playing books. I love reading mechanics and classes and then how the worlds are going to work and what new dice system they're going to use or what mechanic, maybe they have card mechanic of some sort, or they have, you know, a dice mechanic that I hadn't seen, or there's all these different things. There's so many creative ways to play role-playing games out there um, that I'm excited to just keep reading about them, but I need to find, more people that I can play with them, you know, like, cause everybody's, I still, you can find five E players, just shake a stick and you'll hit one, you know, you'll hit wow. 10 of them, but finding players for the other games typically can be a little bit harder. Now I do have a Monday night game coming up that is going to be a Savage worlds game. So if you haven't played oh, in wow, the Savage okay. worlds yeah. role playing system, I will be doing that here pretty soon. It's still fantasy based. It sounds like it's um, maybe more act ink in the way that it's a fantasy world that has made dungeon delving professionalized Mm -hmm. like the you're a professional dungeon delver as a job Mm -hmm. and you work for a company that goes and does this but it's in still a fantasy magical world so it's gonna be very and i think they've also turned it into a almost like an arena sport that people can come and sit on the outsides and watch the the professional dungeon delvers go through the dungeon or whatever in a mm. Colosseum kind of thing so a very interesting mix of, of different um, you know Roman gladiator mm. kind of sports, um, fantasy worlds, magic um, corporations and teams all that stuff just mixing in blood bowlish kind of uh, thing if anybody played that blood bowl or guild ball or any of that kind of stuff <laughs> so. That's, I'm looking forward to that when there's when I got more information about that. I don't think it'll be streamed, but I definitely what'll be cool about that is I'll be able to talk about it on the show, and there won't be any spoilers because there'll be no show being streamed, so I can just talk about it as as I want. I try not to spoil Waterdeep in case some of you are going to go back and play it, and I try not to spoil the Ink book too much in case you guys are going to go buy it and use it. Um, I think we're going from Waterdeep into. Um, dungeon of the Mad Mage. So I might okay. also get to do the Mega Dungeon, which I want so much. <laughs> I am such a Mega Dungeon fan. I know not everybody loves that. Like not everybody loves session after session of crawling through tunnels and combat, but I love it. I live from that stuff. Mm-hmm. So.
0: No, that has really been
1: good. my gaming thus far, and hopefully we're going to ramp up to it. But I don't want to go over too much or Jordan gets mad at me, so <laughs> I'll let him wrap it up
0: uh yeah thank you guys so much no it's really exciting uh your games sound fun i like the idea of the acquisitions incorporated with Waterdeep. i think that's really cool so you would love this game i bet yeah
1: so much and the players that are in it oh my and
0: God. i wanted to do uh, acquisitions incorporated with uh
1: yeah we invited Saltmarsh. you to this game
0: well that's with ghosts of salt marsh i wanted to do that but um but no yeah it would have been fun sorry 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 <laughs> Uh thank you guys so much for watching. Sorry about my uh internet. I'm going to reset my router and see if that fixes anything. Uh but we uh yes, thank you so much for coming out, watching us on Twitch and YouTube. Uh very excited to always have you. Uh we will be back next week with a special guest on the Saturday morning D&D show, so stay tuned for that. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh pending my you know, my internet working. Uh and with that, uh like, share, subscribe and we'll see you all next week. Goodbye everybody.